Jones, Indiana Jones, it's a podcast about Indiana Jones, every movie, one minute at a time, Indiana Jones, Minute. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute. This is the podcast where we follow the proverbial gunpowder one minute at a time. Where will it lead? We don't know. I'm the Admiral, Pete Mummert. I'm just the guy, Tom Taylor. (laughs) I'm Gerald Christopher Marcus Porter. And I'm very excited today. Uh, We're welcoming back one of our favorite guests from last season. And this time I promise that we'll have 100% fewer questions about plenary indulgences. And we also (laughs) made sure that Jerry combed his hair and put on a nice shirt. Father David Mowry, welcome back to the show. Boys, it's good to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. How did that how did that last crusade wind up? (laughs) (laughs) You tell us. Yeah. (laughs) How how does the end of it all work? Well, we've all all obviously still got some life in us, so maybe worked out a little bit. And some breath. Yep. (laughs) As long as the breath of God didn't knock it out of you. (laughs) yeah father david i'm looking at my notes here for today and i have 862 questions for you (laughs) i'm gonna gonna go with number 617 and i'm serious this is a a real question here Uh uh-huh i've thought about this so you know for the last 2000 years or so hymns and singing praise has been an important part of the catholic mass um and as the main celebrant you know, you're frequently the one kicking off the tune, you know, or and sometimes you're even up uh, up there singing a cappella, certain mm-hmm. parts of the of the mass and that sort of thing. So I've thought about this. You know, how do you tackle that if you have an unmelodious voice? I, I'm not saying you do, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a loaded question, Jerry. Like if I would, yes, I I'm not a very good singer. Yeah, and the I, bishop I, wouldn't I'm, appreciate you know. me dragging a drum set up to the altar <laughs> to <laughs> cover my lack of singing voice. Well, in seminary formation, it's made very clear that the the role of the presider is uh, the, the role of the presider is to lead the prayer and prayer at mass, as you mentioned, Jerry, is often chanted. Uh, chant and music have a have a very special place in Catholic worship. Music has been understood to be something that elevates our speech. Saint Augustine said that he who sings prays twice because it adds an extra level of intentionality to what you do with your voice. Because uh, we can we can babble on and, and speak at great length about a variety of topics. Movies, for instance, is just one example that comes <laughs> randomly to mind. I don't get it. But to <laughs> but to sing that requires you to engage with the whole of your body, your breath support, your vocal cords, your mind, and integrate everything into one action. And therefore, that song that's get that gets lifted up is something that grabs the whole person. And the the church has, has always seen music as something that is a way of offering worthy praise and worship to God. So in seminary formation, song and musical training is something that is stressed. Um, 
at the beginning of each academic year at the seminary, uh, the choir director would come to all the new students, all the new seminarians who are coming to Mundelein for the first time, Mundelein Seminary, that is, and uh, say to all the seminary students, you need to check in with me in order to have a vocal checkup because I want to see how your voice is. Now, no one really, really tells the seminarians this, so keep this quiet, but the vocal checkup is not required. <laughs> But the choir director <laughs> acts like it is because the, the vocal training is so important. So mm. even if a man isn't going to be in the you know, the chant scola, say, for instance, we have a number of men who are part of other choirs that don't sing as frequently, but still allow him a chance to practice singing and to practice music. Now, time was when I went when I went through seminary, uh, I had to I had to pass what was called a chant exam where you had to demonstrate at least competency in chanting the various prayers and parts of the mass uh, in the seminary program now, as far as I understand, that's not required, but that idea of the presider being able to chant at mass is still something that is uh, something that is important for those who are preparing to be priests. I, I feel nowadays they just auto tune it. They just <laughs> we haven't quite gotten there yet, thankfully. There, there's you know, still I, some I, dignity left. I keep throwing these knuckleballs. <laughs> <laughs> at, our, at our resident uh, priest here, and you just give the best answers, just like a grand slam, like uh, not out the of the, knows like, the stuff. like yeah. not over the fence, but like out of the park and landing in the river <laughs> on the other side of the stadium. It's like so the people I, at Star Wars Celebration would stop you and ask, "Hey, are you a real priest?" And you go, "Yeah, I'm a real priest." <laughs> he knows no, this I, stuff, Jerry. He's a priest. <laughs> I did. I, well, not everyone is, uh, you know, is is uh, anointed with dulcet tones, you know, from, <laughs> it's from true. the beginning, you know. Yeah. So I, I figured, but but yet you have to you have to carry a tune in yeah. front of hundreds and even maybe thousands. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, speaking of not blessed with dulcet tones at all, I should introduce the minute here. <laughs> um, today we're talking about minute. <laughs> today we're talking about minute ten of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Minute ten begins with Indy saying "or not," and Dovchenko pouring gunpowder from a hand grenade into his hand, and it ends sixty seconds later with Indy asking for a set of pliers for his new shotgun shells. Don't you think that "or not" was maybe our um slogan for whether or not we we're going to do do the season <laughs> <laughs> it might still be <laughs> we'll see is this on i i like though that uh uh spalco gives indy kind of a, a wry little smile here when he says or not and I, I i'm wondering if she appreciates that he's kind of gotten one over on her soldiers mm. Mm. she likes that american spunk what yeah. soldier comes without a compass isn't that standard military <laughs> yeah. issue? Yeah, yeah. That's standard Boy Scout issue. That you think by now, yeah, they would all be pretty well. Well, by that regard, then Indy should have one. We know he's a scout. That, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Wow, <laughs> that's true. I wonder they we, frisked we... him when they tossed him in the trunk, and they took his compass and his pencil case and his and his you know. Well, how, how need this I capitalist think... compass. Puh. <laughs> <laughs> how do we know he didn't get kicked out of the Boy Scouts? 
after oh. that uh, whole, yeah, you hey, know. Herman might have filed a complaint. <laughs> totally. Cross the Coronado, you know, yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> I'll never carry well, a compass again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, hands pouring grains and granules. <laughs> for, for, yeah. for 400 alex no um is is a big thing in these indiana jones movies you know the sort of grains being poured out and granules being poured out and at second four we get this you know big bad russian theatrically pouring gunpowder into indy's palm and i'm asking you guys you know does this remind you of raiders when indy pours some sand out of that you know the bogus idle sandbag Mm. Or or oh, even at yeah. like the end of Raiders when Belloc scoops up emulsified angel bits <laughs> from the Ark of the Covenant. You know, there, there's a lot of these visual, you know, th- this to me was like a callback to Raiders, th- those scenes. Did you guys the feel that The Ark was a way? weapon. This is a weapon. See? Yes. All, yes. See? There you right? go. <laughs> even well, especially like, the way he kind of like flicks his hand after he gets the gunpowder in it. Exactly. Like yeah. And, that feels and about even right. that's the right like when, when Indy's <laughs> yeah. tied up at the end of Raiders, like, he, you know, he's tied to the post with the rope and then the rope is, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of gets, you know, whisked away by Yahweh and it's in tatters and they, they show his hands. There's a close up of his hands with like these, you know, these 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 tatters sort of floating off. It's one of several things in this movie that. <clears throat> evokes the previous films uh and it's Mm -hmm. it's i did think about that the third or fourth time i was watching this clip uh reminding me of that scene with the idol and it it adds to the overall i don't know force awakens like quality of this movie (laughs) where you are hearkening back to these familiar tropes and familiar images to reassure the audience. Yes, you are in fact watching an Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) Yeah. Except no substitutes. (laughs) It seems like a really double-edged sword kind of thing to do in, in anything like, yes, you want to hearken back to, I mean, there's obvious you got Indiana Jones standing there. You're sort of grounded in Indiana Jones because he's right there. But do you? It's, it's like it's like seeing the ark on the wall in the uh, in the catacombs in Last Crusade. It's like, okay, oh, that's cool. Hey, I remember this is all the same. The same guy. He's on a different adventure. I remember Raiders. That was awesome. But then you're also kind of like, oh, that'd be awesome if I was watching Raiders right now. <laughs> like, why don't don't remind people of the much cooler thing that they could be watching right now? Tom and I also already had a big fight about this last week. Over that's true. Whether it was cool or not that they were filming here in the crate warehouse. I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> mm. Well, let's. <laughs> well, 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 what do you think about that? What do you think about it? First of all, Father mm. David, is this um, is this where the Ark went after Raiders? That was one of our questions. Is this the place the Ark was delivered at the end of Raiders of the Last Ark? F- final shot. And if it is, is that cool or not? Well, on the one hand, it it seems like. It would not be because we're we're clearly set up for this to be Area 51, given the huge five one on the doors as they come <laughs> into the warehouse. That's a pretty big right. giveaway, yeah. unless it's Area 15, in which case the, the Russians are going to feel very silly, um, <laughs> or one S or something. Um, so it it would it would seem unusual to ship the Ark all the way across the country to nowhere, Nevada. Uh, when I don't even know if Area 51 was really up and running in 1936. Um, mm. so mm. It, 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 the location of where the arc is put 
I never thought about where that actually was. It was just a big mysterious warehouse where, oh my gosh, look at all these things that the government has found and is hiding away because they just don't understand it. It was mm-hmm. the, uh, that last shot was more about the mystery and the wonder of the world, how we had been on this wild adventure with the Ark of the Covenant, but there was so much more that we don't understand in the world that um, the powers that be are just keeping under wraps because they don't understand it any better than we do, but it's better just to keep it very quietly locked away. Um, if this was where the Ark ended up, I would take away some of that mystery. It would take away some of that wonder. It would it would undercut the ending of that movie because Raiders is a movie about um, about forces beyond our ken, about not meddling with things that we don't understand and the consequences mm-hmm. thereof. Uh, it comes up several times. Like Sala says, you know, if the Ark is in Tannis, it was not meant to be found. Uh, we talk uh-huh. about the wrath of God wiping the city clean and then what happens to Belloc and Tote and all of our other friends. Uh, the to, to actually find the place where these mysteries are are located is, you know, like opening up one of those uh, storage units on storage wars and find, oh look it's the grail oh how about that <laughs> <laughs> and scene but see i, I, I actually kind of i, I kind of <laughs> like that because area like groom lake where area 51 is located i think they started in the f- mid 50s like not too long before this uh movie takes place mm-hmm. uh to test spy planes um and i kind of like the idea that i mean this obviously isn't where it came right at the end of raiders but kind of like you know, in life, it seems like often you have these epiphanies or these moments where you really experience something special. But within a few years, I mean, it kind of dulls. And after a while, you just kind of forget all about it. And you're back to living kind of your mundane existence. Mm-hmm. And it's been, you know, 20 something years since Raiders <laughs> and the government's completely forgotten, you know, all this stuff. Like they've got this magical, powerful thing and they it's just relegated to a warehouse out in Nevada now. Hmm. I've removed myself from this conversation, but Father David made a really good point. I just want to say that. From <laughs> I, I want to say this, he's a smart guy. <laughs> Pete, Pete, I go to the movies to escape real life. <laughs> I'm not trying to find that you're. Yeah, I understand that. It, it, you know, a couple years goes by, and that epiphany just gets dulled and loses its luster in its regular life, and you're like, eh, I guess I'm gonna die someday. <laughs> That's why I went to the movies in the first place <laughs> to avoid that thinking <laughs> I, I i will say uh this movie is set in 1957 so indy would be about i think 58 years old and harrison ford was 65 when they filmed this hmm. and i am like the way he very nimbly climbs up these crates here yeah like I, i'm in my mid-40s i'm gonna have trouble doing that like, he's, it's, <laughs> and he seems so much older seven years later in the force awakens yeah, he I don't does. know what wow. happened. He's he he's he seems like a very spry sixty five, but he's an old seventy two. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, you know. Then you know, Indy says here, you know, if it's still magnet, you know, or yeah, if it's still magnetized, I guess uh, metal in this gunpowder should point the way. You know, so are you guys thinking here that the Ark of the Covenant is magnetic, or whatever it is they're looking for? Well, I don't know. See, that's what I'm thinking it is. 
And yeah, the, I still, or, I think yeah, when I first I'm saw still, it, I still thought yeah. it was the Ark. You still think you're like, oh, so the Ark of the Covenant's yeah. magnetic. That's what's going on here. Which, of course, would, I guess, I don't know. I guess it wouldn't make sense. Like, then after Raiders and it was opened, it became magnetic. I guess I'm just dumb. <laughs> I guess we don't have to answer that. <laughs> I do think, and, and Tom's going to absolutely hate this. I'm but, having a hard uh, time. Yeah, when when he tosses the uh, the gunpowder into the air, I think that the effect here, the the effect and the little kind of mysterious music cue we get is fantastic, and I think it's kind of a little bit of that old fashioned Spielberg wonder. Yeah, I don't mind and the effect. I, I like the effect. And... I think the effect looks okay. good. And I like the way the mm-hmm. the little bits kind of flare when they get to the lamps and stuff. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think John Williams is starting to have not met a trilly sort of harpy <laughs> thing that he never <laughs> met that he never liked. That, you know. <laughs> well, so how did Indy know that you know to to cast the gunpowder up? Like, I was wondering, had, has he seen that done before? That's a great like, question like, because, as far as I know, there's no metal in gunpowder. <laughs> At this point, there's not. There, yeah. I think there was mostly, earlier, but I think no, even even point, like black use... powder, like old black uh-huh. powder, like old time black powder is mostly sulfur, saltpeter, and oh, what's the third thing? I can't remember. Like charcoal, I think. There's no huh. m- magnetized metal in gunpowder <laughs> unless hmm. Soviets have different gunpowder that's full of uranium or oh. something. I don't know. <laughs> they do everything different. <laughs> They're not like well, us. Well, it's interesting. Like, did they lose the arc or whatever this is before? Whatever they're saying. Did they? And, and they're like, God, where did we put that crate? <laughs> You know what I mean? As like, is this is this a technique that's known among Area Fifty One Dians? Yeah, well, why aren't they, why did they kill all the guys who actually work there? They killed and beat up all the guys who actually work there, who might have yeah, like a ledger or something, or a list yeah. of like yeah, where things are. High security. <laughs> a little key. Even by force, they could say like, "Hey, you know this place. You know where stuff is. You've got like logs and things." Well, they, they had, but they had two, Indiana two, Jones three. in their trunk. They didn't need anybody else. <laughs> I guess. He's going to throw gunpowder. He'll figure it out. Or is that just how, like, no one pays attention to the key or the map of, you know, the, the layout. There's like a floor plan, you know, with like a grid. A1. That's mm-hmm. where we store, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Aaron's staff from the right. Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, well, G11 you know, is Aaron's staff. G5 yeah. is, uh, you know, bed springs and, uh, you know, armoires. and like the, uh, the original bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has that drawer they just throw things into because they just don't want to think about it anymore. And yeah. mm-hmm. finally comes the day when you have to uh, face the music. You have to organize that drawer, and it's an absolute mess. That's what this warehouse is. It's the government's junk drawer. They just throw <laughs> things in here because they just don't want to bother with it anymore. No yeah. one's organized this. No one has uh, cataloged any of this. I'm surprised well, so, the so, lights here are even on, and the, all the light bulbs aren't burnt out. Do you think? I mean, do you think like, say, you want to find Aaron's staff? Would you throw up like a banana because potassium is what would find it? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just or, saying. Like, like if, is you, that, if you're is looking that for how... something, if you're looking for something magnetic, how do they know that that's the only magnetic thing in that entire warehouse? See, that's what drives well, me nuts. Yeah. Well, Indy, Indy has apparently seen this before. Oh, really? Like, I think. Well, we he get must that have. Later. He, he, okay. It's not like he okay. has to stop yeah. and think about like, oh, what can we have? What can we do? It's okay. Right, no compass. Right. Give me the bullets. Yeah. Well, she said well, the right. last we, minute or so previous to this, she said, you know, that he was. 
that he knew where yeah, it was. Yeah, he was a part of a involved. team that, yeah, yeah, he had worked on it. So he knows how to find it. But I, I still I still can't get over it. Like the fact that they're storing, like we'll see a couple of weeks from now, that they're storing this in a location that just seems bananas, that they would store it next to where they're just about to detonate. totally. But I also, it is interesting because, you know, you also have those things in your life that are so powerful that you you either save because it's so powerful you don't want to you don't want to use it now or else it's so powerful it scares you and you don't know how to use it and you, so you just kind of forget about it. like you just kind of push it out of your mind it's like the government's done this with all this stuff the video game power up you never use because it's too good yeah, <laughs> yeah you're saving it you're like i'm gonna save this i'm gonna yeah. save this and then you die and it's like oh no. I, I just wonder if they <laughs> the way they find stuff is by throwing various materials up in the air yeah like that's how that's essentially the the key mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> uh, you know do you, actually by the way do you guys know what the most magnetic material is the no. most magnetic well, material yes the most magnetic material it used to be iron cobalt huh. concoction but now uh i believe it's a, this iron nitrogen compound Son it's of like an name. iron gas yeah. I don't know. Weird. They should have just brought big spray cans of that with them. Yeah. <laughs> and just spray some yeah. iron into the air. That would have done it. I thought, I thought you were going a different direction with this, Jerry. I thought you were hoping we were all going to be, you are, Jerry. You no, are. I was You're the say, most well, magnetic <laughs> one in the whole world. My belt buckle. No. Your mom said so. <laughs> and even just the use of the gunpowder itself just strikes me as so ridiculous. Like using a compass, that makes sense. Yeah, that's sensitive enough to pick mm-hmm, up on right. the Earth's magnetic field. Okay, that would make sense. Big magnetic field generating thing in the warehouse. Compass can go crazy finding it fine. But for something to be so magnetic to pull metal gunpowder, and I'm using a heavy air quotes here, metal gunpowder <laughs> through the air like that, uh, that would have a humongous effect on all the metal these soldiers and Indy are already yeah. wearing. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. the fillings be flying out of their teeth when they even enter <laughs> yeah. the place and stuff? Yeah, we find out this magnetism is a little weird. It is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we, and we get a, in the script, we get a little extra here that I really, I don't like. Um, in the script, it says Indy gets an idea and grabs Dovchenko's hat from his head. Mm. And I, I, a, that reminds me of Skipper pulling Gilligan's hat off. <laughs> and B, it just it just seems a little over the top. Like, yeah, I, you're not going to be here surrounded by guys and just grab the right. main guy's hat off of his head. When's right. someone going to shoot well, this that, guy? And then when, when she says, like, you know, uh, you know, Spalco says, like, don't toy with me, Dr. Jones. You know, I Dr. wonder. Jones. So, yeah. Is he going <laughs> to toy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> toy with her? Is that like every time you run into this guy, that's a has he already toyed with them? And maybe that's how he wound up <laughs> in the trunk. Or B, is he just known as a, you know, worldwide as a toyer? I think right now in this moment, he's got a fistful of <laughs> gunpowder and he's climbing up some boxes. Yeah, I mean, but what's he, what's he, how's he going to yeah. toy? What's he right. going to like throw it at him? I mean, <laughs> Indiana, Jones is, uh, Indiana Jones is a scamp. He he's a mischief yeah. maker. Yeah. He is he is a smart and yeah. sneaky guy. So you, you always got to be uh, keeping an eye in your pocket when Indiana Jones is around. <laughs> <laughs> Never know what he's going to. I, I don't know a lot about gunpowder, but if if you have your hat filled with gunpowder, and and then you like dump some of it out, but you, then you put your hat back on, 
And this is the 1950s. So then, like, you go and smoke a cigarette. Is your head going to blow up? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes. <laughs> this seems dangerous. But it's, it's going to cure your smoking <laughs> habit real quick. Is that what it's going to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, uh, we get, like, it, at this point, we start, uh, everyone's kind of marching along following the gunpowder. And the music here reminds me a lot of the uh, music from The Phantom Menace kind of some of the marches, which yeah. is by far my favorite part of that movie. And I, I think that's a, a nice part here. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of moments like that listening to the music in this movie because it, it reminded me, oh yeah, one of the last major projects John Williams worked on were the prequels. And I'm hearing a lot of Star Wars prequel-esque <laughs> mm-hmm. notes and motifs yeah, this, yeah. in this. This is the stuff yeah. he crumpled up on the floor when he was doing Phantom Menace. He's like, I'll save it for later. <laughs> Almost there, but not quite. <laughs> uh, not many people know this, but this uh, this uh, warehouse was filmed at the IKEA in Schaumburg, Illinois. Are you serious? No, I made that. Oh, oh come a joke. on! <laughs> <laughs> it was not obviously a joke. I know. <laughs> Apparently, I yeah, if you look really closely, you can see the Swedish meatballs that they had to tuck behind yeah. one of the crates you can just taste to hide them. <laughs> I, I like the uh, the grenades gunpowder. Like we started with the shells, I guess, right? And then it, we mm-hmm. turned to grenades. I don't know. It, it, it signifies something explosive is around the corner. <laughs> they sure are using a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then it's weird. Then he goes back to shells. Oh, I just thought of how this yeah. scene would be so much better. Couldn't he spend like 20 minutes saying like, nope, that's not enough gunpowder. Give me more gunpowder. And then pretty soon they're just completely disarmed and he beats them all up. If, if this was Bugs Bunny and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah. This movie could use some Bugs Bunny. Well, to see that mod said, but uh, Spalkov was ready for that. She, that's what she was worried about him toying with uh, yeah. with them yes. over. Right. Yes. More, <laughs> yes, more gunpowder. No, not quite enough. A little bit more. Don't paint a highway onto that wall and then run down it, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Speaking of shotgun shells. I... I love when they do that. <laughs> paint a highway. And it's like one big, it's like a big, you know, four inch brush and they dip it in black and they paint a tunnel. <laughs> and a train comes and then, out of it. And then, yeah, yeah. And then a train yeah. comes out of the yeah. tunnel. It's like if you build it, yeah. <laughs> they'll come. It's like Harold and his purple crayon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of if you build it, they'll come. Uh, this just in. Oh, wait. Well, we can. I have one more thing here. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a false. This just in. I was. I was just. I just built it <laughs> real quick weird. with a little four-inch brush. Now, this isn't big. I just. I just want to say I love how this guy cocks the shotgun shells out of his gun. That is pretty cool. Like it's so cool. Mm-hmm. A very satisfying foley work. Yeah. 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 Very nonchalant too. It is just. He's just. It kind of reminds me at the end of, uh, or at, at, in LA Confidential, where the guy cocks the shotgun one-handed. Oh yeah, it's just kind of like if I ever, if I ever held a shotgun, that's what I would do. I would cock it one-handed, and then I would flip <laughs> the shells out like that. And throw your shoulder out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw my shoulder. <laughs> but I'd also probably wash my hands very carefully after. Yeah, like if I would like. To me, that makes me super anxious. Having like gunpowder like on your hands, having a highly out. explosive powder on your hands, why would that make yes. you anxious? Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Like I'd stop and wash my hands and then very delicately like take a rag and try to take a shell, you know, very gently out of the shotgun to make sure it doesn't blow up. And... Little baby wipes for Peter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, secretly, I've always wanted to be that 
kind of nonchalant shotgun ejector guy. <laughs> we all have. We all have. <laughs> what dreams are for? Um, well, speaking of dreams are for, any uh, anything coming in? Why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this time it's real. Um, hey. <laughs> hey, this just in from Professor Christy Porter coming <laughs> out of the wire. <laughs> oh, um, going off what you said earlier, dear brother. <laughs> ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Is this an elevating or a humbling idea? I, I'm looking at you, Father David. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, it's humbling. It's it's also it. So ashes to ashes, dust to dust is a phrase used in the Catholic funeral rites. Uh, in the the final stage of the the prayers for the dead when you're commending the body to the ground. Um, it's a reminder of the, of the original material from which the first human person was made that we are, and it, it's in our name, right? We are humans. And that comes from humus, meaning the earth. We are, we are humbled. We're returned to the humus. We're returned to the earth. We are reminded of our impoverished origins and that everything that we have, we've received as a gift from God. Um, so it is humbling, but it also is said in a way in order to give hope and consolation to those who are grieving the loss of a loved one, that just as God gave the gift of life to this person, uh, it is being returned to the earth, which is itself a tremendous gift from God and a reminder of God's continuing goodness to those who still draw breath in this life and therefore gives us hope for uh, opening our eyes on the day when all of creation is renewed in the glory of Christ and that the dead rise again. So it's, it's not, it's, it's both elevating and humbling at the same time in the paradoxical way these things are in Christianity. Uh, the, the cross is revealed <laughs> as the glorification of God, that the love triumphs through uh, suffering and death. Christianity is at its heart very paradoxical, and that's what makes it enduringly fascinating. Another one out of the park. <laughs> there it goes. It's, it's, so it's not just about trying to steal the Chacha Point Idol <laughs> with the dust pouring out. <laughs> no, that's, it's interesting, though, that uh, three of us, I guess the, the smartest three, my sister, uh, and me, and Father David here, all thought about <laughs> how that went back to Raiders. I think that's what... Uh, that's what uh, Christy was thinking of, you know, the, the, the pouring at, yeah. the, at the beginning of this minute, the dust and the ashes and the gunpowder and the, and, and the, you know, the angel arc bits. Indy is a resourceful hero. He uses whatever comes to hand and he just has to make it up as he goes along. So if it's sand or dust or gunpowder or whatever, he's just going to muddle through. That's it. And, and speaking yeah. of resourceful, Father David, uh, you were always a font of wisdom and uh, would you recommend if people want to follow you online? I know you've got a Twitter account you use sometimes. Sometimes. Not as often as uh, <laughs> other priests do. It's always amazing to me how, how people have time for social media, mostly because I, I get on there and I think, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Nobody cares. And I end up just deleting <laughs> half of the tweets I start. Uh, but I am on Twitter. I'm at Father Mowry. That's F-R-M-O-W-R-Y. Uh, so if you have strong opinions about music and the liturgy or uh, want 
want to talk about the chemical composition of gunpowder, be happy to talk to anybody about that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out Father David and you can check us out on Twitter. Uh, Tom, do you know our Twitter address? Indiana Jones Men, I think. Let me look it up. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't find us there, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we've got a group where lots of people show up and Father David's there and many of our guests, the uh, Indiana Jones Minute and the Listener's Crusade, uh, the Facebook group. And check out our Patreon. We have a, a weekend show where we talk about some other Spielberg movies, uh, where we also talk about some of the the wonder and magic uh, that he puts in these movies. And Tom and I fight quite a bit more there, too, if you want to hear more of that. So please check out all those places and please come back here Wednesday for Minute 11 of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Jones? Dr. Jones? Don't toy with me, Tommy. <laughs> I refuse to not toy with you. <laughs>